There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the do I. Welcome to episode 26 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Hope you're doing well out there and thanks for checking out yet another episode. I'm your host Anthony Merchant here with you with your June rundown and it's so it's so crazy to think. I mean, I've been doing these now, you know, at the end of each month and uh, this would be our 6th rundown. You know, we started doing the show I guess like end of December, but it technically, I mean like we recorded the intro in like December of last year. But I believe it got released this year. So, I mean, you know, we've only been going since January. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's insane to think that we're six rundowns in now, let alone the fact, you know, podcast aside, just I can't believe we're already at the end of June going into July. It's it's crazy. But, you know, I, I feel like I normally say that. I feel like a lot of years just fly by and it hits you like around this time you go like, how the hell did it become June all of a sudden? You know, like summer hits you out of nowhere. But this year, I feel like, you know, the more I think about it, it's like, well, no wonder you feel that way. You, you've you like, you've been stuck inside basically for, you know, half of the year, you know, like probably everyone feels this way. I feel like this is like kind of the great equalizer in that way where like, you know, everyone who's like, I would, I would say just about anyone you talk to would probably be like, where the hell did the year go? But, I mean, there's a reason for it. You know what I mean? Everyone has a reason, and it's because, well, hey, we've been locked, in, you know, and, and, and for reason. But, uh, hey, we've been locked inside. And, uh, yeah, that that's where the year went. That's, uh, you know, when I when I think about it and go, where the hell did the year go? Well, that's where the year went. But uh, I'm happy. I'm happy that I've been able to do the podcast this year and uh, hear from a lot of great people. It's uh, been very cool. I've been hearing a lot more from uh, listeners emailing me telling me about, uh, you know, what they like about the show and whatnot, and uh, also hitting me up. I got some Power Chord Hour stickers made. Um, I know I've mentioned it on the show a couple times now, but, man, I got to say, you know, I've uh, I've made a couple different promotional things throughout the year for the Power Chord or the years for the Power Chord Hour, um, starting with some pins I made a few years back. Uh, you know, had pins made a couple times. We've had a couple different designs of those. Uh, T-shirts that our great listener, Grace, who uh, has been listening to the radio show since uh, at least we started in 2016. And I think I remember talking to Grace in like 2017. So, I mean, you know, pretty much pretty much since the beginning. Um, and that's the first time we talked. I mean, she may have been listening, you know, since the very beginning. But uh, very, very rad. And uh, she got us some shirts made. And, uh, you know, so we've had shirts. We've had uh, pins and guitar picks. My favorite, my favorite uh, thing because for me they're very practical because I play uh, I play guitar and bass. So you know I get I get a uh, power chord hour guitar picks made. And uh, speaking of which, I just got some made as well. Which uh, shout out to uh, Steve Clayton picks who uh, hooked it up and uh, really really some good looking picks. I think the best ones we have had yet. Um, you know we've. We've made a couple hundred of them, so I mean they are out there, and there's a good chance that if you're listening to this, maybe you have some. But uh, this is a whole new uh, look 
to them now are the, now they are orange and uh, they're they're very very cool i like them even more than the old ones so uh, hit me up powercordhour at gmail.com if you want some free guitar picks which once again i just want to shout out steve clayton usa go check them out they do custom guitar picks and uh, i've been using them i've used them every time that we've uh, made picks for the show and also years ago i uh, made some with my twitter handle pre uh pre or radio show this was like back in like i think 2013 or 14 that's how i originally uh, heard of steve clayton but uh, i hit them up and they hooked it up so uh, i want to shout them out hit me up for some uh, power chord hour guitar picks as well as those stickers that i was talking about and uh, both are absolutely free but what i was getting at with the uh, stickers was you know throughout the the last four years of having the radio show i mean i've i've made different promotional things for the show and nothing has ever uh, apparently gotten people so into it than than free stickers. I mean, I cannot believe it. Like these things are going faster than the shirts. They're going faster than the guitar picks. They're going faster than the pins, and uh, in in quite high volume. Because I this is the first time I've ever gotten stickers made for anything, and uh, I was surprised at how many I could get made for how cheap. I got them made, and uh, so, I mean, I have tons of them, and I can't believe how many I have uh, sent out. I've, I've sent so many out, and uh, some really cool ones, I got to say. I got to I got to send some to uh, former guests of the show and uh, just a few other people who I, I am, like, legitimately fans of and uh, was just so, like, like, when I was like, hey, like, you know, hit me up. Hit me up, people, you know, on uh, social media about the uh, stickers. Like, hit me up if you want some free stickers. And I got hit up by a few people. I'm like, oh, that's so rad. Like, I was just so excited to send them uh, stickers. And it's been cool because, uh, you know, you get people who are kind of, it's funny, but I mean, I guess really kind of finding out about the uh, about the Power Chord Hour through those stickers because uh, on social media, you know, I throw that up there. And there's people who aren't even following us who uh, hit me up for free stickers. And I'm like, hey, I, it's like, hey, more power to you. It's like, here's some free shit. And, uh, you know, hopefully you check out the show. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been very cool. I cannot believe. I mean, I just got them made like about two weeks ago. Um, you know, from me recording this right now, and yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe I've I've probably sent out at least a hundred stickers so far. And uh, you know, once again, if you want some absolutely free, powercordhour at gmail dot com. I got those uh, those great guitar picks made too. So hit me up. You know, if you want one, if you want both, whatever, just hit me up. Pro- I'll probably end up actually just sending you both anyways. So uh, yeah, hit hit me up there, and I will send you some out. And uh, thank you so much. I mean, for all the all the people who have hit me up so far, and uh, with the kind words, who you know have uh, just said very very nice things about the show. And uh, you know, hit me up for the stickers. I uh, I'm more than more than happy to send them out. And uh, I don't think it was on here. I think it was the radio show I was talking about last week. And I'm like, look, and I'm not telling you to go do anything stupid with these stickers, but get creative where you stick them. You know, like that's all that's all I'm saying. Like, don't be don't be stupid. Like, you know, don't uh, don't do anything real real. Uh, I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. Some variation of don't be a dumbass. Um, but, you know, go find some creative places to uh, stick them and, you know, hit hit me up and uh, show me where you ended up putting them. And, uh, yeah, you know, I've uh, I've been very excited about them. They are there. I, I got to say, I, uh, I really do like the stickers. I'm happy that I got them made. And uh, I'm so conflicted. I, I got a new car recently and uh, I was I'm contemplating maybe maybe I should say more pat past tense that i uh i contemplated it before 
And uh, I, I think I'm not going to do it, but I was going to put one of the uh, stickers on my car and I'm like, I don't know. Like, can you, can you, you know, w- when you hit me up for a free sticker, let, let me know what you think about this. Should I put a power cord hour sticker on my, on my car? I mean, it's my podcast. It's my radio show. I mean, is that just, is that just fucking lame? Like, I mean, can I, can I put that on there or is that just, you know, like, I, I guess it kind of goes with however you view. I look at it this way. I mean, would i i don't know it's kind of weird when musicians wear their own bands t-shirts or merch so it's like i kind of look at it like that and go damn i have a bumper sticker on mine i mean like like in a way it's like you know as a way to promote my show you know so it's kind of out there but at the same time it's like damn dude <laughs> like you're the host of that show like you can't be wearing that you know like like i love my i love the power cord hour t-shirts that uh Grace got us made, but it's like, I, I don't know that I would uh, walk around wearing one. Not because, I mean, they look fucking awesome, but uh, just because it's like, man, I feel weird. It's like, it's my own show. It's like, if someone asked me like, hey, what's the power cord hour, you know, from like reading off my shirt. It's like, I feel like a real dick when I'm like, it's my radio show. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Hit me up. Am I, am I too in my head about that? Or is it like, nah, dude, like, yeah, like, like keep that, keep that off your, uh, you know. No bumper stickers. Let let uh let listeners enjoy those. No bumper stickers for me. But yeah, it was a real dilemma. I'm like, do I stick one on there? Is that like the first sticker that I put on my car? But uh, I I decided <clears throat> I decided against it. I mean, I guess unless somebody, um, you know, veers me back in the other direction, I'm gonna go with not putting it on my car. But uh, yeah, I've uh, I've been very stoked this month. You know, got the uh, got the stickers made, got the guitar picks made. And uh, both got both of those in, and uh, I'm also very excited. I've been I've been just getting stuff ready. Um, these next couple weeks, I'm gonna have some th- some uh, some uh, throwback episodes for you. But uh, I'm going on a little. I'm gonna go visit some uh, family down south, and uh, you know, while uh, social distancing and all of uh, that good stuff. But I'm gonna go down there for a, a couple weeks to South Carolina. So uh, I'll be gone for a little while. But uh, I'm gonna put up some throwback episodes. So I mean, I've been getting I've been getting my trip ready. I've uh, been getting pre-recorded some uh, radio shows. So the radio show's done for a couple weeks while I'm gone, and uh, you know I'm doing those throwback episodes for this podcast. You know, just want to make sure that there's some stuff out there. So uh, you got some stuff to listen to while I am gone. But yeah, gonna be in South Carolina, and on the way down, gonna go hit up the uh, Blue Ridge Parkway, drive that on the way down, and uh, meet up with a buddy in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. He's uh, in the Navy and he's stationed there. So we're going to go, uh, I don't know yet. Originally we were actually going to do the Blue Ridge Parkway together. He had a, he had a three day weekend. So he's going to do that with me. We're just going to do the Virginia section, but uh, now he uh, has to be on call for some stuff. So I think we're going to go hit up the outer bank swamp down there. And uh, once I drop him off, I'll probably end up getting on the Blue Ridge Parkway and riding that down to a uh, South Carolina. And I'm excited. I hit up the, I, uh, I did all of the Blue Ridge Parkway in 2018 and uh, if you don't know what it is, I, I didn't know what it was up until a few months before I took it in 2018. And then I found out, like, everyone else seemed to know what it was but me. So, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying it right now and you have no clue what the hell I'm talking about when I say the Blue Ridge Parkway. But maybe you do because apparently a lot of a lot of people do. I mean, it is, it is voted, like, one of the most scenic drives in the country. And uh, I got to agree with it. One of, the, one of the coolest drives I've done anywhere, like, right up there with uh, also if you've ever – ever been to Maui 
the road to Hana is like the the most insane road I think I've ever driven on where you're just like, oh, shit, like we might die. <laughs> like, uh, which I love roads like that, to be honest. Like, I love traveling on like back back roads, uphills with no guardrails, you know, and then. And then, you know, you get that pit in your stomach and then all of a sudden you, you see the little like roadside cross and you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, I've uh, I, I've had a few of those and they're fun driving at a night. I, I remember going to Yosemite a few years ago in uh, California and I knew I was basically going up the side of a mountain. But I, I was it was in the middle of the night and uh, I sleep in my car quite a bit. I slept in my last one, and I sleep in this one as well because both are just Honda Elements, which uh, shout out to those, the greatest cars in the world. And uh, I had a 2004 Honda Element, and I guess I still do, but the thing doesn't run now. But uh, now I have I upgraded or uh, I, I guess stayed about the same, but now I have a 03 Honda Element. And, uh, I mean, I plan to do all the sleeping in that too. But anyways, I was going up to Yosemite, and I'm going up the side of that, and it was the middle of the night, and I'm looking for a place to sleep on the side of it. Like, I'm just not, like, because you can't go in at a night they had it they had it blocked off. So I was just going to sleep on the side of the road outside of Yosemite. I'm like, I mean, that, that's why I love those cars. It's like I my hotel is wherever the hell I park my car that night. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a nice stealthy thing because it doesn't look like an RV. It's, you know, it's an SU, it's a little SUV or, you know, whatever it's considered. But uh, it's just a car, so I mean, it kind of fits in anywhere. Like you can sleep in the middle of a. Uh, I'm I'm uh, promoting right now sleeping in your car places. I mean, I love doing it, but uh, that, that's why you gotta get yourself a Honda Element. You can sleep in that thing. In uh, I've slept on it in the on the side of the road at Laguna Beach, on the beach places, um, on the side of the Pacific. And then also, I mean, you know, th- those are obviously beautiful, but the real beautiful places are all the Walmart parking lots that I've uh, slept in throughout the country as well as the rest stops and uh, whatnot. But that's the nice thing with that car is, I mean, you just kind of park anywhere and it's like no one really thinks anything of it. You know, like if you if you have a big-ass RV, you know, you, you, you can normally tell when someone's living in an RV and uh, you don't see it so much. I notice it's very coastal. You see that a lot more in, uh, in California and then a little bit in like uh, – Oregon, Washington, but I think you see it a lot more altogether in California. But uh, yeah, like there's no hiding if someone's living in an RV. It's like you can you can tell, like you know, like including there's just an RV parked on the side of the road, like or like in a residential area. It's like there's probably people like sleeping in there, you know. Whereas like with the uh, with the Honda Element, it's like you don't know. It's like you you don't even know. My ass is in there. I'm sleeping that back seat. I take my seats out. I, m- I might be playing my guitar back there. I might be making a sandwich. Like, I mean, I don't even know yet. It may sound like total shit, but uh, I'm probably going to bring my little interface with and one of my microphones and uh, maybe try to do some podcasts while I'm uh, traveling down there and uh, just record them from the back of my car. Who knows? We may be going live from the Honda Element, live from the 2003 Honda Element. Um, I'm recording this right now in the WFA studios. But uh, next time you hear from me, maybe maybe it'll be from the back of my uh, from the back of my car. But uh, yeah, I, I love those things, and uh, and I, I keep getting sidetracked. Obviously, what I was saying earlier about Yosemite, as I as I keep going on about this, is I remember going down. Um, I don't know, like a day or two later, when I was leaving Yosemite, down the road that I drove up, and I looked where I was gonna park to sleep, and I'm like, fuck, like like inches like all i had to do is is like you know because it was the middle of the night too and it was pitch black i mean there's no street lights on the side of a mountain 
and uh you know i'm like had i just move you know what i mean like had i had i moved my car to the side there's no guardrails i just went an inch over a little i just would have just right just hundreds of feet down if not thousands of feet down a, a just a nice drop and uh you know you you see that in the daytime you're like oh shit but uh you know i love roads like that um you know the road to the road to honda and maui is like that just absolutely amazing i love drives like that blue ridge parkway i wouldn't say is uh as treacherous as treacherous as those but it is a damn nice uh drive and i'm excited to uh, do it again and uh you know it, it, it's something to do right now i mean obviously i i definitely want to be careful i will not be I'm not looking for a large crowd, so I mean, I'm not I'm not looking to go to go uh, you know to a to a club or anything like that. I'm not going clubbing, so you know I'm, I'm going down seeing a uh, a few family members and uh, you know saying my buddy will be me and him and uh, you know I mean the Outer Banks pretty desolate in parts. I don't I'm interested to see. I mean I guess it's in season now, but you know with with what's going on, we'll see. Uh, if it's busy or not, but I mean, it's probably pretty desolate, you know, that, that in the Blue Ridge Parkway and uh, places like that, I, I think you can keep your distance fairly well. And that's, uh, that's the nice thing about me is I like to uh, broadcast and podcast and uh, I like to hike. And those are things you can do while being very socially distant. You know, I, I'm in a studio right now and there's, there's not a soul here. So I don't have to worry about that. And, uh, you know, as far as the uh, hiking goes, I mean, you know, just get back, get back in the woods and the forest. And, you know, I, those are my favorite hikes, the ones where you don't see another soul just out there. And it's like, that's, that's my thing. I like to be out there and just feel like I'm like, you know, even if I'm not in deep wilderness, it's just like, I like to like have solitude or like, you know, whoever, whoever I'm hiking with at the time and, uh, that's it. And just kind of feel like you're in the middle, you know, just in the middle of a forest, but I love doing that stuff. I'm excited to uh, go do that. And, you know, like I, like I said, responsibly, it's, uh, you know, I think people get weird right now when you say you're like traveling places. But it's like, I you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of going to a couple specific places and, uh, you know, I will uh, keep my distance and wear my face mask and uh, I will I will be back to, uh, you know, do do more of these shows. I obviously can. uh obviously can't get covid because the world obviously needs the the power cord hour podcast the uh the most the most important podcast out there and uh i mean you know why because because who else out there is you know bringing you these uh you know this june rundown telling you all the good music that came out this month playing you a couple tracks got some music news for you you know all that uh all that good stuff and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, outside of the show, obviously, you know, the world June, June has been a crazy month and, uh, you know, it's, it's just flown by, but it, it's, it's the same thing with, with earlier. I'm like, where did the year go? And it's like, well, you know, it, it, it you were inside, you know what I mean? Like mid March, I remember, you know, it's like everything's just starts shutting down. And this is, uh, this is one of the first times I'm recording in the WFA studio since March. Uh, if you listen to our Ben Jorgensen episode with, uh, Ben from armor for sleep, that was the last time I recorded in these studios. And uh, I came in a few, uh, a few days ago and, you know, pre-record those radio shows I was talking about. And, uh, this is the first time doing, uh, the podcast in here in quite a while. And, uh, you know, I mean, I have a nice setup at home that I enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, I, I did the uh, radio show from my apartment when I lived in Minneapolis last year. 
And, uh, you know, so I don't mind doing like home recordings and stuff, but being in the studio is always the most fun. And, uh, you know, and, and like I said, who knows, we'll, we'll find out if being in the back of my uh, vehicle might be fun. I mean, if it doesn't sound like complete horse shit, I'll podcast back there. I mean, I, uh, I one time did do in a, in college, I, uh, did do my, uh, Spanish final in, in my, uh, Honda element actually. And, uh, it was, it was at Myrtle beach in August and, uh, my, I stay in my aunt's condo, but her condo did not have Wi-Fi. And the closest place that had Wi-Fi was the Dunkin' Donuts down the street. And, uh, you know, so I sat in the parking lot, but I had to roll now, like, I, like I said, this is, this is August in Myrtle beach. And, uh, I mean, it, it had to be high nineties, low hundreds. And, uh, I had the windows up because all these, all these people were enjoying. Cause it, and if actually, if I remember correctly, it was one of those combinations of the Dunkin' Donuts and the uh, TCBY ice cream or whatever it's called. So, uh, you know, there's families out here enjoying, you know, they're in Myrtle Beach. They're enjoying their uh, their ice cream. They're laughing and talking and stuff. So, like, I got to roll up all the windows so I can hear my teacher. And, uh, and we had to do it via Skype. And you just – it was basically having a 10-minute conversation just all in Spanish, you know, just just obviously seeing that, you know, you, you learned something that semester – but uh, she she had quite the look on her face when like she like called in and I'm and I'm sweating too probably profusely because once again I mean I'm just trying to have it quiet to have the conversation and like you know the windows rolled up it's a hundred degrees and it's like I, this just has, this is where I have to be that's where the that's where the Wi-Fi was and uh, and you know thankfully I passed it but uh, yeah that that went okay I mean I, I passed a Spanish final in my uh, car. And uh, maybe I'll do some podcasts from my car. That will uh, that will be fun. That the 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 car episodes. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out and doing that. And yeah, it's cool to be back in uh, back in the studios here. You know, I mean, things are they're really not going back to normal. I mean that. I mean, they're I guess they're slowly shifting back towards quote unquote normal. But I mean, you know, things aren't really going back to normal, but I mean, even the fact that, you know, I'm back in the studio here or, you know, I mean, a couple months ago, there's no way I would uh, be going with my buddy, you know, and hitting up the blue Ridge parkway that, you know, it, it just wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be a thing that uh, I would be wanting to go do, but you know, things are, things are starting to go back somewhat to uh, normal and uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, end of end of the month, crazy month. But uh, you know, flew by. As far as the show goes, I mean, talking talking to a lot of friends this uh, month. I talked to my buddy David from Nineteen Cent Zine. But I mean, he you know he's just a straight up buddy. And uh, Kyle Steven last week, I, I I laughed my ass off with him with that. I mean, I I hope those episodes are fun. That's the uh, second one we did with Kyle. He was on with uh, my other buddy Zach for our uh, top five Blink One Eighty Two songs a couple months back and uh that but the episode we did last week uh neon is for josers if you've not checked it out is just i mean it, it i think it's almost three hours long i know we talked without you know like like i mean talking before the mics were on and talking afterwards i mean we we bullshitted for like four hours the the uh the night we recorded that but uh, you know, I, I think the the end result for the podcast is at least like two and a half, three hours. But I mean, I I I would say go check it out. I I hope I hope people enjoy that because it's just you know it, it's just two buddies truly just bullshitting. I mean that that's why I kind of wanted to keep it and I didn't cut much out because it's just like 
I I th- I hope people enjoy it. You know, like that's where that's where just the ridiculous things we talked about, like you know, hashtag Joser. If you don't know what that is, which if you don't know what a Joser is, you probably are a Joser. You know, hashtag Joser, J O S E R, and uh, you know, it, it it's just so fun. I mean, it's just friends bullshitting and uh, laughing and talking about music. So if that sounds like your kind of thing, you know, no, go go check that out. You know, it's I like to have variety on here. I love doing uh, interviews. You know, the first the first episode this month, we talked to Jason Camacho of Audio Karate, and uh, he's also uh, a, a buddy and just a good dude. And I mean, you know, we we just kind of, you know, we had an interview, but we also kind of did a long form and just kind of, you know, talked and stuff and BSed a little too. But uh, you know, I like to I do like to have that variety where it's like you know maybe one episode. We do kind of a more straight long forward, you know, like long form interview where like, you know, there's kind of more of a subject matter and I'm interviewing someone, you know, about a record or something. And I like doing these uh, rundowns at the end of the month. You know, I like doing stuff like this, but I also like doing ones where, you know, I'm just talking to friends who also love music just as much as I do. Because, I mean, like, like, and I hope they come out good. I mean, I'm probably biased because once again, I'm, I'm talking to people who obviously I get along with. They're my friends, but you know, as listeners, I, I hope you enjoy that as much as we enjoy doing them because, you know, it's just it's just two buddies talking, you know. Same with the one with uh, David. You know, that, that episode was actually, of all places, recorded. It was uh, recorded on Instagram Live, and we, we tried a couple different ways uh, on a Saturday night, and nothing was working. So we ended up doing that episode via Instagram Live, and then, you know, I kind of cleaned it up a little bit and uh, put it on the podcast feed. But, I mean, that's the same one where it's like, you know, I, I was hoping, like like, while we were doing it, I was like, I hope someone enjoys this because, like, I love doing it. You know, it's really just me and my buddy David talking. But it's like, you know, I hope someone likes listening to it. And uh, yeah, you know, me, me and uh, me and and uh, Kyle and me and Dave, and uh, yeah, just talking to some buddies this month, and uh, it was just really, really fun. And uh, we also put up a uh, if you've not if you've not listened to it, you know, just some of the episodes this month. If you've uh, missed some of the Power Chord Hour podcast, I also did put up a throwback episode with uh, Ken Stringfellow. Who uh, you may know from the Posies, from REM, from Big Star. He was in Legwagon for a record. He played uh, guitar on Double Platinum and uh, toured with them for like a year. Solo artist. I mean, the guy has done an insane amount. Has an insane career. Ringo Starr has covered uh, the Posies. You know, he has covered a song that Ken has wrote or has written, and uh, just an amazing guy. And uh, you know that was originally done in 2018 on the radio show. And, uh, you know, it, it's a, it, it was one that I really enjoyed doing. So, you know, I, I would say go back and check that out if you haven't yet. And, uh, that, that one with Jason as well was really fun at the beginning of the month, you know, talking about, uh, Lady Melody and, uh, Malo and just kind of overall just talking about audio karate. But, uh, you know, it's been a, it's been a fun month of episodes for that. And, you know, the last, the last few have really just kind of been, I feel like more like, uh, you know, just buddies kind of talking about music, but I hope people enjoy that, you know? And it, it, it is funny because, I mean, we talked about it in the episode, but it's like truthfully, like I can't stress that enough. Like, I mean, me and Kyle originally were going to talk about like what what bands got us into punk and alternative. And uh, I mean, we kind of talked about that, but like that episode just went so many different places. And uh, I, I, I think the one place it really went multiple times and uh, – the one track it went down and seemed to get stuck in a fucking mud pile and couldn't get couldn't get out of said mud pile trying to go forward in reverse was just stuck in it was uh was basically just kind of talking about neon pop punk and how terrible so much of it was 
Though, uh, though maybe maybe me and Kyle are both Josers because you know it, it's like even though we were making some jokes about like even like Metro Station. I, mean, I haven't said that episode. It's like yeah, I own them. I owned. I mean, I still probably do own that copy. But it's like yeah, I own a copy of the Metro Station album. Like I mean, you know, I, I'm not saying I listen to it every day, but it's like for for as many jokes and shiz we were making, and rightfully so. Some of it's not great. I mean, also even that, I'm like you know, even I'll tell you, it's like yeah, it's not a masterpiece. It's like you know, it's there's some good pop songs on there, but just how weird music was at that time and uh, pop punk and what was considered pop punk and all that. And uh, I don't know, kind of a deep dive into it with uh, your two pop punk experts, me and uh, Kyle Steven who uh, you know, has played in some pop-punk bands, and uh, I play lots of pop-punk on this show, so I feel like we are, uh, you know, we are, we are certified in uh, talking, talking about uh, something like that. You know, we, uh, we know what we're talking about. We're experts when it comes to, uh, you know, 2008 neon pop-punk. So <laughs> go check out that episode if you uh, have not yet. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's other stuff to check out. I'm not going to be a dickhead and just uh, keep checking out the Power Chord Hour. You obviously also got to check out the music that came out this month because there was a lot of good music that, uh, you know, came out. I, I got to say, really, like, in the beginning, in the beginning of, uh, you know, the, the quarantine and everything back in, like, March, I, I at least me, I don't know if everyone else, but it was kind of, it was kind of up in the air where I kind of looked at it and went, you know, we're either going to get a lot of music from bands or we're not going to, you know what I mean? Or like no one's going to release anything. And uh, we've been getting a lot of music. And the other the other part of that, too, is is on top of if we're going to get music or not. The other big question is, is it going to be good? And uh, I would say overall, pretty damn good. We've gotten a lot of good releases um, the past couple months. And uh, this month is no exception. I'm going to play a couple things here. But uh, first, give you a little rundown of uh, what has come out. I'd say a big one. Um, you know, a lot of people have probably heard Adam Schlesinger from uh, Fountains of Wayne sadly passed away due to COVID a few months back. And they did just put out a benefit comp or a uh, tribute comp, I should say. Well, actually both. I mean, the, the money does go, I believe, to Adam's family, if I'm uh, if I'm not uh, mistaken. But it's called Saving for a Custom Van that is on Bandcamp. Tons of great bands on there uh, doing doing covers of Adam's music and uh, all goes to a great cause so go check that out. Bad Cop Bad Cop put out The Ride on Fat Records. Commonwealth Choir put out No End. Off with Their Heads put out Character and uh, that is an acoustic one where they do acoustic versions of classic Off with Their Heads songs as well as some covers definitely worth checking out. Mrs. Piss put out Self Surgery. Territories put out When the Day is Done. Newfound Glory put out Forever and Ever Times Infinity. I got to say, I was uh, just listening to that driving in to uh, record this this here podcast. And I've not finished the record yet. I uh, am only a few songs in. And I got to say, it's not perfect. I don't I don't love it. I mean, because I and there's there's some Newfound Glory records I love. I mean, there there's air of that eras of that band that I just absolutely love. But with that said, I do think that already this is much better than uh, their last two records. This is probably the strongest thing they've put out since uh, since uh, Steve was kicked out of the band. And uh, I would say Re- Resurrection had some good songs. I'm not going to say there's nothing on it that I that I uh, that I uh, didn't like. I mean, there's definitely good songs on there. But uh, there's a lot of misses on it, and still the other thing too is like the guitar thing. Like I, I and I, I could go on forever about it, so I won't. 
But uh, the the and I'm fine with staying with one guitar player. There's nothing wrong with that. Like that part made sense to me. Like if they just want Chad play guitar once Steve was out, I get not adding another member. But what didn't make sense was in studio they didn't record a second guitar. And it's like I it, it's fine if you don't want to add another member. But like there's so many trios who add a second guitar. I mean they're not even a trio, but I mean you know bands with just one guitar player like in the studio. They're always dubbing things. It's like a lot of times you do need to throw in a second guitar and include Newfound Glory. It just sounded weird on Resurrection. Like there there are definitely parts on there where I'm like, I think that album is hurting because of the lack of guitar. And uh, makes me sick. I was not into. But uh, this, this new one, I got to say, I'm only a few songs in, but already I like it more than the last two records. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I feel like there's other fans who are kind of in that same boat as me. So I will say, go check that out. I, I definitely, I've, I've been pleased with uh, what I've heard on it so far. So go check out Forever and Forever and Ever Times Infinity. Arch is a loaf giving us more new music. And uh, I'm going to play you something here uh, very shortly. But uh, they've released a couple singles this year, and I'm excited. You know, at the beginning of the year, I thought they were releasing a, a full length. Turns out they were not, but uh, we got Raleigh Days in a cover of Street Fighting Man. And now they just put out Talking Over Talk. It is a brand new single with a, a B-side, Cruel Reminder. So, I mean, we got four new Archers of Loaf songs this year. And uh, first time in, I think, about 20 years. So, I mean, really, really awesome. I hope we're inching towards a full length because uh, they have not disappointed. They've come back. They're just one of those bands where they came back and it just sounds, it just works. Like, they don't sound like they missed a beat. Don't They don't sound like they haven't been a band for multiple decades. Like, I mean, it's insane, but they're coming back, you know, just as strong as ever, and uh, I love it. So I'll definitely play you something here. Another one I'm going to play you, Bob Mould's new single, American Crisis, comes off his new record coming out this September, and uh, it just makes me so happy. I mean, Bob Mould has been putting out music very, very consistently the last few years. I mean, we just got Sunshine Rock last year, one of my favorite albums of 2019, and uh, the energy on this one, I I can't wait for you to hear it. There, there's so much energy. Bob sounds pissed off. You know, it, you know, lots of social commentary on the song, and uh, it has Husker Du vibes. I got to say, like, if this is any indication of what the rest of the record is going to sound like, I'm really, really excited. I, th- I think you're going to like it. I'm going to play that for you here too. Joyce Manor put out songs from Northern Torrent Torrents. While that uh, is not new music, it is a rarities collection of uh, everything pre their uh, first record. So uh, all the all the rarities off like seven inches and uh, just random songs that they put out and uh, a lot of stuff that I never heard before. As much as I love Joyce Manor, I've never dwelled too deep into uh, like the non-studio tracks or like any of the any of the older stuff. I've uh, I've heard things here and there, but there's a lot of songs on here I'd never heard before. So uh, I, I mean, if you're a casual fan or haven't heard some of that older stuff, I mean, if, if you've been there since the beginning, I don't know if there's anything on here that you haven't heard. But uh, probably still a good reminder, you know, kind of a refresher and reminds you why you fell in love with that band in the first place. And uh, if you're like me, you will find some stuff that you never heard before. So that's pretty cool. If you're looking for some uh, good sky, you got to go check out Catbite and Omnigore. They put out a split EP. Well worth your time. Another song I'm going to play for you is a new single from Broadway Calls. It is Meet Me on the Moon off their new record, Sad in the City, coming out next month on Red Scare Industries. 
first new thing from them in years, and uh, it is good to have them back. This new song's really good, and I mean, it's just like with Bob Mould. It's like if if this first single is indication of what we're going to get later on, we're going to get some really, really good stuff from them. We got special moves with Thank You Pile of CDRs. That is a new single coming out, or is out, and uh, they have a new full-length coming out. Their debut full-length coming out, I believe, next month, and uh, I'm going to play you that special moves here soon. Uh, a little out of our realm, but I mean a legend, and I absolutely love him, as as do many of your favorite musicians, whether you do or not, which I, I got to be honest, I only became a fan uh, about four years ago at age 23. One day it finally clicked, and I'm like, okay, I guess I like him. But uh, Bob Dylan with Rough and Rowdy Ways, he, just a legend. Got to go check it out. Even at his age, he's putting out some really, really good stuff. And I, I got to see him live before I uh, – before I uh, left Minnesota last year, I got to see him play uh, in Mankato in October. And, I mean, he's, like, 79, and it was like, holy shit. Like, he was he was absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And uh, I got to say, been to a lot of shows in my life, and uh, that show was up there. Is one of the strongest smell, like, in the back of, of smelling of weed, like, was really impressive how much that room smelled. I mean, and maybe I, I really shouldn't be surprised. I mean, not not that uh, not that that's too surprising of an audience, but really, I'm like, holy shit. Though, uh, still taking the cake of that has to be HR from Bad Brains. I uh, I saw him do his uh, solo stuff a few years ago with his uh, solo band in uh, at the. Not the not the altar bar, the fun house at the altar bar, the uh, smaller room there, and uh, you know it, there were quite a few people there. But for being such a small place, that the smell of weed in there rivals what you smell at like arenas, and uh, you know I mean I I was impressed once again, not surprised. I mean you know not a not a particularly surprising concert that would smell like that, but still I was like too. To how much it smelled like, and I'm like, wow, respect. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, HR and Bob Dylan are up there, and uh, you know, go go check out that new Bob Dylan. I, I've not listened to the whole record yet. I've heard I've heard the uh, singles and a couple uh, other songs off. I've heard like five songs, and uh, they're all really really good. Coo and Howell put out Wires Fly Wild. Gotta go check that out. The Dirty Nil put out a new single, Done with Drugs. Switchfoot put out Covers EP, and the Buzzcocks put out Sell You Everything. It is a collection from 1991 to 2014 of their recordings. Well worth checking out. And we're going to get into it right now. Like I said, we got some new music for you. And opening up this new block of music on the Power Chord Hour podcast, here is Arches Loaf with Talking Over Talk. <laughs> So 
Absolute pure energy on that one right here on the Power Chord Hour podcast. That was Bob Mould with American Crisis. I am so, so excited for his new record. Before that was Special Moves with Thank You Pile of CDRs. Before that was Broadway Calls, first one from them in a long time with Meet Me on the Moon. And opening up that block of music was a new one from Arches of Loaf with Talking Over Talk. Like I said, I mean, really a good year for music. I got to say, I mean... You know, whether it's stuff that's been recorded during during, you know, the whole quarantine or stuff that was recorded and released even beforehand, whatever. Really good year for music. I mean, absolutely really, really good year. And from doing the radio show for, you know, uh, for a couple years now, you know, I, I've said it a couple times. It's like I I don't just say that. Like, I mean, there are some years where when it comes to December and I need to make like my top 10 list for the year for like my favorite records, sometimes it's a stretch and it's very difficult. So, I mean, there's there's years where like like I can see this year being at the end of the year, it might be difficult, but not for the same reason of I don't you know what I mean? Like I can't think of 10 albums that I like. It'll be holy shit. How do I whittle this down to just 10 albums? You know? I uh, there's there's so much coming out in the second half of the year and uh, the first half a lot of really good stuff. My uh, my top three I think still would be probably the Bomb Pops, Death in Venice Beach, uh, the Suicide Machines, Revolution Spring, and the Strokes, the New Abnormal. I would say those are probably my three favorite records of the year, and I did not think at all that uh, the Strokes were going to be one of my favorite albums of the year, but that that is up there. I, I really am not too surprised by the Bomb Pops or the Suicide Machines. And, uh, I mean, it's not to say that I don't like the Strokes, but I just didn't think that they were going to put out a new record where I was like, because even after the first couple songs, and even after the first listen, I was kind of like, yeah, it's okay, but I don't love it. And uh, it, it's just kind of all turned around for me. It is it is absolutely one of my favorite releases of the year. But, yeah, we got a lot of new stuff coming out um, the second half of the year, and we already have a bunch of really good stuff that's come out. So uh, I'm very stoked. And as we start to close down this June rundown, you know, speaking of uh, new music, I got your music news for the month. And uh, the Deftones have announced that they have finished a brand-new record that they uh, tracked back in summer 2019. And the band did record it in Los Angeles, and the album is now being mixed in Seattle. And uh, the band worked with Terry Date, which if you're a fan, he uh, worked on a lot of the band's early releases, and uh, one of them being the fan-favorite 2000s White Pony, which uh, turns 20 this year. So not only are we going to get a new Deftones record, but on top of that, uh, 2000's White Pony is going to be reissued with a, del- with a deluxe reissue and it's going to include a disc of brand new remixes never heard before called Black Stall- Stallion excuse me Black Stallion and uh, I'm excited for that the Deftones are a band that I, I'm i not the first one saying this but it's like they're a band who like you know they, they kind of get grouped in with new metal bands but like I'm a person like I'm just I'm not a fan of new metal I never have been but I love the Deftones. There's a lot of other people who say that too, where it's like a lot of the a lot of like the Deftones contemporaries and uh, you know bands that they that they tour with or get kind of compared to. I'm really normally not a fan of, but there's something about the Deftones that are just like I I don't know. I almost I may I hope this makes sense, but they're almost like the Jimmy Eat World. Of uh, you know, I, I guess metal or new metal, you know, I, I and I, I hope that kind of makes sense. Like, they're they're just a band. Like what I'm saying is they're a band with this like 
like for one, they just know how to write a good song. So it's like they're 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 in a genre where you know I, I feel like a lot of uh, their contemporaries and stuff maybe aren't writing the most quality lyrics or the most quality music where like the Deftones do. And they also have, you know, like a wide array of influences. So like that's I think that's the other reason why it's like, sure, I mean, at times it's, you know, it's hard rock or it's metal. But, uh, you know, there, there's these interesting things that they do on there where I feel like even if you're not normally someone who would be like their their, uh, you know, audience, I feel like they get a lot of people who you would not think would be fans, but definitely are. And uh, I, I'm one of them. Like I, like I said, there's just most bands that the Deftones are associated with, I'm just not a fan of. You know, it's just not my cup of tea. But uh, the Deftones are always rad. I'm always excited for new music from them. So uh, that's going to be cool, as uh, well as White Pony. I mean, that one's a classic for sure. And uh, crazy, I think it's 20 years old. And that'll be that'll be cool to hear Black Stallion with the the with the brand new remixes. I don't know if they're uh, if they've been done, you know, like if they're unearthed and unreleased, or if they were remixed specifically for this deluxe reissue. But uh, we'll find out when that comes out. More new music news: Mark Hoppus has announced on his Instagram that he is working on music remotely with John Feldman, and the session so far has included both writing and recording. And uh, if this is for new Blink-182 material, then this is going to be the band's third album working with John as a producer, third one in a row as well. And uh, it will also be Matt Skiba's third record with the band. God, it, ju- it just feels like yesterday that, uh, you know, the, the whole fucking debacle of, uh, you know, in 2015, I, I will never forget this. I can I can tell you where I was. And uh, I was in college in the computer lab in uh, 2015 when uh, the whole... The whole music thing was coming out and Blink-182 with Matt Skiba was playing and people are like, and when it first came out, like even I remember being one of the people like, does that, does that mean like Matt's playing with them? Like, like I'm like, oh, that's cool and weird. Like Matt's playing like rhythm guitar. Like they're adding a, they're finally adding a second guitarist live. Like what is this? And then just the whole like. I mean, if you're a fan or you know anything about that and, and maybe you watched it that day, you know, that's another one. Hit, hit me up, powercordhour.gmail.com, if you remember the debacle of uh, that day, how there was basically like like the PR team for, uh, for you know, Blink-182 and then the PR team for Tom DeLonge. We're both saying different things. Like, like one's going, Tom's out of the band. Then, then the other one rebuttals and goes, no, Tom's not out of the band. And then it rebuttals and like Tom never knew he was out of the band. And then it rebuttal and it's like, yes, Tom knew, and we signed this thing. You know, like it was just, it was insane. But uh, you know, I mean, reading that news to go, this is going to be the third record with Skiba on it is is so crazy that they're that far in. You know, and and I don't know. I've uh, I I've been pretty vocal about it. I don't hide it. I'm not really a fan at all of uh, Blink 182 post Tom DeLonge. And I I mean, one of my all time favorite bands. They're my second favorite band behind the Replacements. And uh, up until just a few years ago, before the Replacements were my favorite band, Blink 182 would have been my all time favorite band. And, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I guess the replacements, here's what the replacements did. They were smart. They're not a band anymore, so they can't disappoint me without Matt Skiba can't join the replacements and, uh, put out a shitty replacements record. So to me, I love, I love every era of the mats, you know, not everyone does, but I, I love every era and every album. 
So to me, they have a flawless uh, back catalog, and uh, you know it's it's really untouched. Where uh, as with Blink One Eighty Two, you know, still one of my favorite bands, but now they're putting out stuff that I'm just not not at all a fan of. California is is there's a couple good songs on it, and uh, you know, even if it was an EP, I probably would like it. Like you could you could put like uh, cynical, bored to death. Uh, even like she's out of her mind, like really like the first three songs on the record because they lose me around like Los Angeles. And I think that's like track four, right? That, that's where I start going like, all right, what the fuck is this? But, um, you know, like like the first like three songs, San Diego's really good. Um, you know, and that actually is a really good song and then like one or two others. But most of that album is not good and just it feels like a colored by numbers. Like it, it sounds like a band trying to rip off Blink-182, but it ends up being Blink-182 ripping off Blink-182, but not particularly well either. <laughs> like, just not a fan. And I love Alkaline Trio. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, I ain't shitting on Skiba. I love Alkaline Trio. I think Matt Skiba, one of the greatest lyricists in, in pop punk, punk rock. And, uh, and that's the other thing I've said a hundred times too, is that's what I don't get about what they do, is Matt Skiba's an amazing lyricist. And, uh, you know, I mean, Mark... Mark's not a bad lyricist. I don't think Blink-182 has ever had the greatest lyrics of all time. But, uh, you know, I think he's gotten to become a better writer with time. And I think he wrote some really good and smart and interesting lyrics uh, during Plus 44 and stuff. And, like, the the things, like, with that said, like, knowing how Matt and Mark can both write, I just feel like so much of it just sounds sounds dumbed down on their, their uh, you know, their records, which, in my opinion, has to do with uh, John Feldman and uh, another one too, which, which it's kind of funny that I don't like the, the, uh, you know, the, the Skiba era now of Blink-182 because I love Blink-182. I love Matt Skiba. And quite frankly, I love John Feldman, you know, gold, Goldfinger is a great band and I think he's a good producer, but here's my, here's my thing with him. John Feldman is a good producer. If you need help getting your sound shaped, that's why he's very good with bands who start out. He was he produced like all of those debut records from those pop punk and emo bands of the early 2000s, but they were their first records. He helped shape their sound, and that's why it was good. Whereas with Blink-182, he's going in with this mindset that I think he goes in with new bands, and it just doesn't work because they've been, you know what I mean? Like you can't jump in on a band who's been around for 20 years. And yeah, I get it. I mean, you know, re- you're revamping with Skiba, but it's like he went in and he just basically was like, I almost feel like, and th- this is kind of more specifically for California. Nine, I'll be honest. I've heard not songs off Nine, but I don't think I've ever listened to it front to back. His not, cannot hold my attention. But on California, what I feel like is uh, John Feldman basically went in, took Blink-182's five biggest songs, all the small things, What's My Age Again, I Miss You, feeling this um you know like first date and he just he used like he basically went through and because he's a genius musically and you know music theory and all that went through and could pick out the things that he thought made those songs popular big and use them again on california like rehash them and reuse them recycle them and it just did not work well i mean you know i mean and, and literally like, i mean to to talk about like what i'm saying Things like the flanger on the drums in the beginning of uh, Bored to Death, like, you know, just like in Feeling This, like 
there's there's like I mean to really get into it like the music theory and stuff and once again John Feldman knows this shit so I know that you know what I mean like it's not it's not a far fetched theory to go you know John Feldman like it is like you know trying to write craft the perfect Blink One Eighty Two song by putting flangers on a on drums or anything but he knows music theory and as a producer he works on this shit and meticulous i mean you know I, I interview producers on here all the time and we talk about this stuff where like what makes you a producer is that meticulous stuff where you go you know what would make this song good if we layer finger snaps in this part or if we put hand claps here or if we layer the vocals on this one word to emphasize the phrasing like that's why they're producers you know what i mean like that's that is why they're record producers and, uh, you know, John is no exception, but it's like he went in and did that. And by doing that, it just like it makes it sound like a Blink-182 cover band and not a good one. You know, there's just like I was saying, it's like Matt Skiba can write amazing lyrics and so can Mark Hoppus. And then there's songs like Sober on there where I'm like, this is just cheesy. This is just absolutely cheesy. So I don't know. I mean, I... I would love to tell you, I mean, and it blows my mind. If you would have told me 10 years ago that the news of new Blink-182 music wouldn't get me that excited, I wouldn't be able to believe you. I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, that was the biggest thing for me. Like, I remember neighborhoods coming out and dogs eating dogs coming out. Like, because I, I, I didn't become a fan of them till after they broke up. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I really, uh, you know, wasn't there for like the release of Dude Ranch or anything like that. I found those all later on. But, um, you know, I mean, it, it's a bummer, but I mean, with that said, I still, even with nine, I still checked out a couple songs. It's like, I'm sure I'll do the same on this. It's like, I'll check something out. I'm always going to check out something that they release, but, uh, you know, I'm just not into it. And part of me gets it. I mean, look at, they like, they like sticking with a producer. They like to find a producer that works for them and they like to stick with that. They don't like fucking with the formula. That's always been Blink-182. I mean, they they did it with Jerry Finn until he passed away. And that worked. Jerry Finn produced all their greatest records. And I mean, Jerry Finn in my opinion is the is the great he's my all-time favorite producer and uh, I put him up there as one of the all-time greatest record producers. I mean, outside of Blink-182, I mean, go go look at his wiki page. It's the the amount of credits that he has will blow your mind if you don't know. I mean, he's he's worked with, I mean, everyone from Blink-182, Green Day, Senses Fail, Phoenix TX, Morrissey, um, man, Alkaline Trio. Um, I mean, just the list goes on. I mean, that's that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, it's insane. Super Drag is, uh, I mean, a head trip in every key. Amazing. Like, if you want to talk about some of his best production work, that's one of them is uh, Super Drag's a head trip in every key. One of the greatest producers of all time. And Blink-182 used him on uh, everything from Enema of the State through Self-Titled. And uh, he ended up passing away. I don't think he worked on... Uh, he may have worked on When Your Heart Stops Beating. I don't think he worked on We Don't Need to Whisper. But he did work with uh, Mark and Travis, I think, in Plus 44 before uh, passing away. But, I mean, he he was basically the unofficial fourth member of Blink-182. And, you know, like, like I totally get it. Like, they found a formula that worked. And uh, I'm happy that they used Jerry Finn for all those records. I he he plays a large role, like from everything from why Tom's guitar tone is so good to I mean why they just wrote better hooks than they did prior to that. I mean all those things. I mean and and also credit to Blink One Eighty Two. I mean Mark and Tom obviously also became better songwriters. You know not 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 to discredit them, but I mean Jerry Finn has so much to do for the sound of that band, and people don't realize that. 
But, uh, you know, so so I get that with the whole John Feldman thing where it's like they want to latch on to him. But, uh, you know, I for me personally, I don't like what they're making with him. So that's the problem with it. If if you're a fan of what they're doing, then a band sticking with a producer isn't bad. You know, it's like Rise Against with Bill Stevenson. It's like, you know, he's produced like I think almost all of their records. And if you're a fan, like I think and that's the thing. It's like if you're a fan of Rise Against then I think that works, including the later stuff. Like, maybe you're a fan more of the, like, you know, early, early, like, punk stuff. I don't know that he uh, produced their first couple records. But you can tell, like, like if you go listen, you can tell the ones that are produced by Bill Stevenson. I think it works. I think it was a formula that works really well for that band, and I get why they work with him. But if you're not a fan of what they do together, then it sucks when they work on every album together. You know, like, that, that that's the thing with it. And it it's, it's the thing with John now. It's like... John's a great producer. There's a lot of bands. I want John to produce Mest records. I want John to produce the used records, story of the year records. Like, you know, bands like that who he produced their first records and helped shape their sound. I want him working with them because they work well together and get a good formula. I don't think John works as well with, <coughs> excuse me, with older established bands. I just, I don't think his uh, way of production works for that, you know. Works amazing for new bands. Works absolutely amazing for bands trying to find their sound. But if you're Blink-182 and you're 20-something years in, I just don't think you need the uh, the assistance that uh, comes with him. You know, That is, that is my smug-ass opinion. <laughs> but uh, moving on, last piece of uh, music news for you for this month. Riot Fest has canceled this year's festival. I don't think that is surprising anybody. For a minute there, I was holding out hope. In the, and we're talking like March, like as shit was just finally closing and shutting down. Part of me kind of saw Riot Fest, like for all the music festivals, like all the summer ones weren't going to happen. But part of me saw Riot Fest, like, I don't know, maybe that will still happen, you know, by September. But it is definitely not. It has uh, been canceled for 2020, but it has been rescheduled with a new lineup for September 16th through the 19th for 2021. And uh, this first wave lineup announcement, uh, I mean, absolutely amazing. People are going nuts over it. They always... Riot Fest never, uh, never disappoints with the lineups. We, I was just talking about this with David on a, a few weeks back on our episode with him and just about how some of the most amazing lineups from festivals, I think years from now we're going to look back at Riot Fest and go like, that was a, you know what I mean? Like you look at a lineup and go like, that was a lineup? Like that was a festival lineup? Like I, I truly think Riot Fest will be one of those. And uh, a bunch of bands have already been announced in the first wave lineup. Some of those include Smashing Pumpkins, Saves the Day, My Chemical Romance, Newfound Glory, Pup, Bayside, L7, Jawbox, Run the Jewels, The Circle Jerks, Thursday, Taking Back Sunday, and a whole lot more. Something for everyone there. And uh, the festival will keep announcing the rest of the lineup through the year. So, I mean, that's that's just the beginning. There, there are tons more bands to be announced and, uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool. They haven't, I will say though, like for me, they haven't announced like that one band, like they normally have the one band each year, like, you know, like the jawbreaker reunion or the replacements reunion. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of waiting for that for this year. And, uh, I don't know if there will be one or not, but e- either way, impressive lineup so far. And, uh, you know, I still think 2013, probably the craziest lineup, but this one's shaping up to be pretty damn good. And, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you've never been, you got to go check out Riot Fest. I got to get back up there. You know, just tons of friends there, tons of great bands. It's a fun time. Very, very well put together festival. And uh, 
kind of a random factoid, which I've never heard anyone else uh, talk about, but I, I realized this while driving Route 66, talking about traveling again. I uh, last November was driving the the Chicago section of Route 66, where the Mother Road begins, actually, or ends, depending. Uh, you know, if you uh, started in uh, Los Angeles or on the Santa Monica Pier, you would, uh, I guess, end in Chicago. But if you're if you're going towards California, then uh, you know you you would start in Chicago. But anyways, I didn't realize this, but I was driving it, and uh, Douglas Park, where they do Riot Fest, is on Route 66. So, uh, you know, people don't realize that, but, uh, you know, a little, little piece of uh, American history there. You know, if you're going to see Riot Fest, as long as they still do it there, Riot Fest is technically on Route 66, which I think is awesome because I love, I love Route 66. It, it, it's something I'm really into, you know. Um, and so I kind of got a kick out of that. I'm like, hell yes. I saw Jawbreaker reunite on Route 66. You know, it's uh, it, it's one of those things. You you don't hear people talk about that, but I realized that, and I uh, I looked some things up. I I double checked and verified, and I'm like, yep, that that's it's on Route 66. So, kind of a kind of a random factoid, but uh, pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for Riot Fest. I'm excited for live music to come back. Uh, you know, a lot of bands are kind of not a lot of bands, but a few bands are doing the drive-in thing, actually playing drive-ins. Uh, two come to mind, Local H, speaking of Chicago, are doing some in the suburbs of Chicago, which should be really, really cool. I'm excited to see a video of that, and uh, I would actually love to go see that. And Hawthorne Heights are also doing some in Ohio. So, uh, yeah, it, it, drive-ins are, I mean, people are going for movies, and also people are starting to play shows there. So I think drive-ins are going to have a resurgence, which I've always loved drive-ins, and sadly they uh, they all they all just seem to close. You can't really find them. The uh, we used to have a good one here in Jamestown, and that one closed a couple years ago. And now the closest one is like an hour and a half away. I uh, I love drive-ins. I wish I wish you saw them more often. But uh, yeah, you know, sadly you don't. That is going to be this episode. Thank you so much for checking out the June rundown. Cannot believe we are going into July, but uh, you know, thank you so much. If you're listening to this, I got to thank you because you were part of it because you were listening to the show. And I want to thank you. You know, I would say the highlight of the year has been doing the podcast. It is, uh, you know, it's been awesome doing the radio show for four years. I've thought about doing the podcast for the longest time and uh, finally doing it. I've had great feedback, uh, some guests who are just absolutely amazing and, uh, you know, had some friends on to talk really cool. And I mean, truthfully, the feedback is the coolest part. Hearing hearing people hit me up and go like, I really like your show is, uh, you know, just the coolest damn thing. So if you ever want to hit me up and talk music, uh, powercordhour at gmail.com. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, I got those stickers and those guitar picks. I'll send you some out absolutely free as a thank you for that support. I put my money where my mouth is. You know, I, uh, I do genuinely appreciate the listeners. So uh, hit me up. I'll send you some free shit. And, uh, yeah, stay connected with the show at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're on Spotify. I put up a playlist every week of the music that I play on the radio show. And check out the radio show, The Power Chord Hour, on 107.9 WRFA every Friday night at 10 Eastern. You can listen to that on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. If you do not live here, though, you can listen from anywhere in the world. You can stream the station at our website, WRFALP.com. And uh, go check that out. Also, a uh, shout-out to Steve Clayton Custom Picks for uh, the brand-new Power Chord Hour guitar picks. I love them. Um, if you play guitar, I got to tell you, they make they make shit sound bright. I really like it. I, I 
I uh, think they they actually make your uh, guitar sound bright and bass. They just your they make your string sound brighter than uh, the other ones do. And I can't remember. I I guess these ones are a little heavier gauge than the white ones. If you have our uh, old ones, but uh, you know they're they're really good. They make stuff sound bright, which I like. And uh, yeah, you know, hit hit me up. I will uh, send you some. But yeah, that is that is it. I'm gonna go enjoy myself on a little uh, on a little uh, you know family get together, or I shouldn't even say get together. It makes it sound like there's gonna be a bunch of us. I'm gonna go visit my aunt and uncle, and uh, also go see my buddy, and uh, go do the Blue Ridge Parkway. I'm gonna go see like three people. But uh, it's just weird right now because, you know, like, like you hate to say it, like I don't want to make it sound like I'm going on some vacation or like going to crowded beaches or, you know, clubs or something like that, you know. But, uh, yes, I am I am going to go out of town and uh, go see a couple family members. But, uh, yeah, like I, like I said, even though we were not going to have new episodes the next couple weeks, I will have throwback episodes for you. So uh, check back next week. It is uh, my past interview with C.J. Ramone, bass player of the Ramones, from uh, 1989 to 1996, he took over when uh, Dee Dee left after they recorded Brain Drain, and he stayed in the band until they broke up. And uh, very, very interesting guy, great, great guy. This is uh, funny enough, it uh, was one of my first interviews ever. And uh, to this day, it is my all-time favorite radio interview that I've ever done. And uh, I got to have him back on. We got we to gotta have CJ back on. He was actually... Um, I didn't bring it up because you, you try not to do that with interviews until they happen. Because then you, you look you look like an idiot when uh, they don't happen. But uh, I was supposed to have him on again earlier in the year, and uh, things got messed up on my part, not him. We actually did have it booked, and uh, we had some fuck ups on my end, and uh, did not happen. And uh, you know we've been trying to book it, did not uh, did not work out yet. But we still got to get that rescheduled. So I mean, he was supposed to come back on, make another appearance. We'll definitely have him back on. CJ is one of the nicest guys. Which I mean, the Ramones, man, he was in the Ramones. Like so, like when you go to it, like I was nervous to interview him, and I interviewed him. And he was the coolest damn guy. Just such a cool, down to earth guy. So go check that out. You know, it was uh, it was from the radio show back in 2017. This will be the first time it's on the uh, podcast feed, and uh, that'll be out next Tuesday. And uh, the Tuesday after that, we'll have an episode with Mark McMillan of Hawthorne Heights and the Story Changes. As an interview I did with him last year on the Power Chord Hour radio show from uh, the Story Changes. They're uh, new then. I guess it's a year old now, but really, really great record. One of my favorite albums, 2019, To Hell With This Delicate Equation. And uh, we'll play that for you. We talked about the story changes as well as Hawthorne Heights and uh, get into some cool stuff. So two interviews I think are well worth reposting, even though they're old interviews. You've probably never heard them if you don't listen to the radio show. So uh, we'll we'll have those in this podcast feed for you here coming up the next two weeks. And then after that, I'll be back with uh, some new shit for you. So until then, for the Power Chord Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>